Hello, it's Simply Spisa here and welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Simply Do the Work. Special welcome if you're joining for the first time and hi if you are a regular listener returning. Also, happy Pride Month. I know I didn't say it in the previous episode, despite the fact that it was recorded in June. It's just that for me personally, honestly, I sometimes literally forget that Pride Month is a thing. Not that I forget it's a thing, but like... It's not something that I mark on my calendar that I look forward to. And you know, we'll get a little bit more into that in today's episode. So before we dive into that, let's just get some admin out of the way. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, please do subscribe, share, follow, you know, depending on which service you're using, do the right things. And also, I mean, I also have a YouTube channel, so check it out. You know, I have new videos coming out as regularly and as often as possible. And yeah, feel free to reach out to me on social media at Simply Sfisa on all platforms. But like Instagram is where you're most likely to catch me. But if I'm being honest, I'm currently having a weird love-hate relationship with social media. So if you catch me, you catch me. If you don't, like if I reply days later to your DM, it's really not you. It's just me and I have my notifications turned off for like most apps. But that's neither here nor there. Let us get right into the discussion for today's podcast which is i'm sure you can tell with the title the problem with pride so in 2021 pride is bigger than ever and while it's great to see so many people supporting the community i have to be wary of the support i can't help but see so many issues from so many members of the community and so-called allies i'm using allies in air quotes And like the first issue I do have is just the performative fake allyship. So I think I did mention in the previous episode that, you know, my friend, my friends and I, we, you know, working on campus to establish an LGBTQ plus group and, you know, association to, you know, to do some real meaningful work on campus. But like since Pride Month started, so many people and organizations are suddenly reaching out to us and wanting to help us. They want us to show up in videos. One of my friends, Chris, they posted on their social media that visibility without protection is very dangerous because that is literally my, one of my main concerns is like, okay, cool. We do these videos with y'all and now the entire campus is going to know my business. And it's, it's, it's not even a thing of, um, being like ashamed or, you know, still being in the closet though, you know, there's nothing necessarily wrong with, you know, being in the closet, depending on your situation or that, but it's just a thing of, you know, it's diff- just being put on all these social media platforms, like literally having a target placed on your back without any real protection because SMU does not have any real policies in place that will protect LGBT students from discrimination. And even it's just the general feel on campus is very homophobic. And so it's kind of like they want to pull us into these videos and it's also like what the, also well, I remember one of the things I asked him is like what is expected from us in these videos because if y'all gonna want me to stand there and just talk about how great my life is and how um, I'm able to like I don't know just lie like n- no like if I can come to the video and say yo this this campus needs to do better the people are not being held accountable for the microaggressions and even the violence that they are inflicting on others different story but they never got back to me and so as far as i know i am not taking part in any such videos sorry not sorry because also another thing is i don't want to just be that token gay used for 
Pride Month just so they can flash and say, hey, look, we did this for Pride Month and not effect and not do any effective real change. Like when I was younger, I did find myself in many situations where I was the token black person, I think, because also, I mean, also I think being a child, also I didn't realize what was happening. I was just like, oh, I'm just glad to be here. But looking back, I'm like, y'all ain't slick. Y'all ain't slick. But we move. I digress. And I think this also ties into the second point, the second issue I have, which is the issue of rainbow washing, the capitalization of pride and the exploitation of queer talent. So what rainbow washing is, it's basically what, it's basically these large organizations and corporations slapping rainbows onto their logos or suddenly making the offices really colorful and you know making it look and appear as if they are a queer friendly space or queer friendly company or as if they're supporting these organizations you know some will talk about they'll talk very vaguely about the support that they have for the community but if you actually look a little bit further it's like um this is clearly just a performance because also the um, I was reading an article on Forbes talking about the pink dollar, which refers to the buying power of the LGBTQ plus community and is reported to be worth billions of dollars. And so these companies are trying to market themselves in a way that looks appealing and attractive so that you think, oh, this company supports me or this company, you know, they're allies or they're doing good. And you're like, okay, let me, let me buy from them. Meanwhile, they're just making money off of you. Even the capitalization of pride is kind of, and I'm going to get into this a little bit more f- like later, but I, it feels like just the purpose of pride has kind of lost its meaning. Like many people are just trying to think, how can they make money? How, I think even the, the discussions that are being had, you know, such as should kink be allowed at pride? I think also pride has also gone through some type of like a, a, a cleansing in a way, you know, it's kind of like, for you to be accepted and this also this is me talking about just even like events right you need to sort of fit a certain mold you need to look a certain way it's kind of you know um what is the word but there's kind of like some whitewashing in it you know the erasure of the struggles of queer people of color there's also a lot of like fat phobia that is rampant because a lot of people it's this idea you have to your body needs to look a certain way like i know there's some people who do not feel comfortable going into pride and even just lgbt spaces because of just the expectations of how your body is supposed to look and then the exploitation of queer talent and queer people this is basically how people will invite guest speakers you know or have like queer people show up at their events but not pay them what they're worth or even i feel like after something i've tried to talk about i feel like there's a very there are a lot of people who have a very parasitic relationship with the queer community right they might not agree using that in quotations agree with your queerness but they can't deny that you're good at what you do right and so because they want your expertise they want your talent They'll bring you in, you know, get what they get from you and then toss you out like garbage. Or if let's say they invite you to be a speaker at their company or, you know, to offer them a service and let's say you experience some form of discrimination there, they will not assist you, support you or protect you because all they care about is just what they can gain from you. They don't see you as a whole person, you know. 
it's something that really i mean it also bothers me particularly in the church because i mean like i'm sure if you know like a lot of churches in the worship team the music team the creative teams there is almost always at least one queer person whether they're in the closet or whether you know you know you just look at someone and you just get those vibes you just get those vibes but <laughs> that's neither here nor there but it's kind of like it's almost like you're tolerated in these spaces because it's like oh, well you know you're so creative we need your creativity or even like people who have their hair done by queer people you know it's like this person like you appreciate the work and you love the style that they do for you and your hair but in your day-to-day life you you just straight up homophobic like i digress i <laughs> digress and the next point is the segregation that is seen within the lgbt plus q the lgbtq plus community and the false sense of solidarity I remember having a conversation with my friends and talking about how even within the queer community there is there are these divisions and she was genuinely shocked she was like really i thought it's just this one big happy rainbow family and what do i mean by the segregation right like i mentioned earlier right the fat phobia and the body shaming it's almost as if you have to have like if you're particularly you know like in gay men's spaces it's almost like this is the skinny it's like either you like a skinny legend or you're this chiseled greek adonis right those are the bodies that are accepted and i feel like people who don't fit into those body molds those they aren't really welcomed in those spaces or they aren't uplifted in the same way others are i see it in the promo right the pictures that are posted it's not lost on me that y'all are posting white twinks who have who are either a super skinny snatched waist or it's these um really muscular buff you know type of guys it's kind of like not everyone looks like that right i think other people who are you know still finding themselves in the community feel alienated from the get-go because when they just look at it it seems like there is almost a hype not a hyper fixation but um but like you know it's like certain bodies are praised and uplifted more and it's like if you don't fit that mold you're not seen right there's an erasure and even if you think about the struggles that the trans community faces there are a lot of you know cis lgbtq plus people who are very transphobic and some don't maybe they don't realize they're being transphobic or others they feel justified within it and we need to we need to sort that out even just the the fact that there is also you know racism like intersectionalities do exist right as a black queer person it's not like now that i'm in this queer space suddenly you know i stop being black because there's still people who are you know the thing is it's this thing of you can be marginalized for your sexuality or gender identity but if you're white you still sort of have that white privilege and that is why i also think we tend to see this is the reason why we tend to see the white queer people being able to excel more the white queer people being able to achieve more because of their whiteness it's not lost on me that you know white queer people get i feel like they also get to have a little bit more 
they they're allowed to be complex individuals i feel like they still have some individuality you know whereas if you are a black queer person there's already just because you're black already there's you know the issues of how individuality stripped from you and all your actions seems reflecting the group and now if you add queerness on top of that now you're seen as a representative of the entire black queer community and it's just it's a lot for me it's a lot and i think you know a lot of these issues stem from the fact that the history of pride has been lost on us the fact that pride started as a protest it was initially a protest right the reason why we commemorate or we celebrate pride in june is to commemorate the stonewall riots of 1969 that happened in the u.s which were protests against the the why can't i speak which were protests against the police brutality that queer people of color were subject to the first pride in south africa took place in johannesburg on the 13th of october 1990 and it was an anti-apartheid march and a gay pride event simultaneously and it seems that over the years because even i know if you look actually just google just the history of south african pride there was a time when there was a split because it seemed as if the celebration factor was overshadowing the social justice work it was kind of like the protest part of it was being let go you know and i feel like that is one of the biggest issues you know i think that's that is why as i said this is i believe the root of all the issues that i just mentioned because now pride is this celebration it's like oh we love you love is love and everyone just wants to party you know that's what i'm saying it's all parties but like i myself you know i myself in more recent years had to educate myself really on the history and the implications and what all of these means and i have to ask what is there to celebrate because as i say like the celebration factor i feel like everyone's got that down but what are we celebrating is it the discrimination that lgbt folk face around the world the criminalization of being queer in many countries or is it the violence and the death that our community has to deal with while i do appreciate the people showing their support and solidarity solidarity with the community and you know i've seen some really great um i've seen some really great work being done i've seen the really great instagram posts like people really using their platform effectively during this month and you know my this little rant of mine is not meant to discredit any of that but it's not lost on me that when june ends a lot of y'all won't keep the same energy all of these groups that are coming and wanting to collaborate with us wanting to help us wanting to uplift us when june ends it's going to be crickets they're going to be gone we're going to be all by ourselves and literally it's like the question that i ask myself is where were these people last year when you were trying to set up this group and then we got interrupted by COVID. Where were they this year again when we started again and we were, you know, facing challenges? Like the challenges that we faced to even get to the point where we are, you know, someone might think that we haven't made any progress. When I think about it, we've actually, we've done quite a lot, you know, given the circumstances. Like people wouldn't return our calls. We're trying to set up meetings. It's been an uphill battle. And it's like a lot of people aren't in it for the wrong, long run. And so in closing, I want to leave you all with this quote from Dominique Jackson, who plays the role of Electra on Pose. Side note, Tolian, I still need to watch season three of Pose, but I've heard like mixed reviews on it, but that's neither here nor there. But okay, she once said, you will not tell me that you accept me. You will not tell me that you tolerate me. That is not your power. You will respect me for who I am.
And so, to all cisgender straight allies, do better. And to my fellow LGBTQ plus community, let's get our shit together. And yeah, on that note, thank you so much for listening to this episode. And I hope you enjoyed it. Share it if you did or if it was meaningful to you. And yeah, can't wait to see you perhaps on my YouTube channel or hear from me in the next podcast episode. I almost said video, podcast episode. (laughs) I love you guys so much. Bye guys.